One Week Season. Welcome to week 10 of the Edge Breakdown. I am here with the world famous Mike Johnson, and we're going to be talking about four games this week. The first one you'll see up on the screen if you're watching this stream on YouTube versus listening to podcasts. We have the Vikings and the Bills up, which we know is in a blanket of uncertainty right now. We're also going to discuss the Cowboys and the Packers, the Cardinals and the Rams, and the Colts versus the Raiders. With that being said, please welcome Mr. Johnson into the podcast. And we're going to lead off with the Vikings and Bills and all the uncertainty that surrounds this because of Mr. Allen. Yeah, uh, definitely an interesting game. A game that if it wasn't for Allen's injury, um, the this would be the most interesting game on the slate by far. And it'd probably have like a eight point higher total. Um so yeah, there's a lot of question marks around it. Um, personally, I don't think Allen will play. Uh, the UCL injury, you can play through it, but you know the Bills have Super Bowl aspirations, and um, with the partial, with the sprain or whatever he's dealing with, if he were to get hit like that again, he would almost certainly tear it completely, and then he'd need Tommy John surgery and be done for the year. Um, so just from a practicality standpoint uh they've got two games after this that are very winnable um they've got two home games and then i think they play the lions uh so i think like if he were to miss two or three weeks that would be pretty reasonable and case keenum's one of the best backup quarterbacks in the league uh he's his style's obviously different than josh allen he's not going to run for 80 yards or anything but um more than serviceable and with the roster they have they can win games uh, without Allen and kind of keep afloat here. Yeah. When it happened, I, I told everybody in our discord, I'm like that that's UCL all the way, the way he, it was the way he grabbed his elbow instantly. Cause he grabbed it like a pitcher grabs it. Yeah. It, you know, when it goes, if you go watch the highlights back, you could just see the instant grab. I was like, Oh no. Right. Cause he had all yeah. that generating force body. Right. And he's such a big, strong guy. Well, yeah. And there's, if you, saw the sequence of plays everyone you know Pete, i've heard a lot of people talk about the like two or three plays later he threw the bomb to gabe davis where he chucked it down the field and it flew like 65 yards or something like oh like he's got to be fine but the reality is like that's just throwing it up there if you look at the play before that he tried to hit digs on like it was like 15 yards down the field and digs was open right at the first down marker and it was just like he skipped it to him like hit it off his feet so the like the injury, he still can like chuck it. Like he still has the strength, but he's got basically no control over it. Like he just threw that, that one way down the field to Davis. I don't see any way he's going to be able to play an NFL game uh, this week and put the ball where he needs to put it. If I'm the bills also, you started off with a great, right? This is a long-term aspiration team right now. And this season, especially included, get through the next three or four games, give him some time off, let his arm heal, hopefully avoid surgery. 
and get him back there, right? Like there's no need to push it if I'm them, in my opinion. While this is a huge matchup with the Vikings and a game everybody was super excited about last week, thinking about coming into this week, um, I think there is a good opportunity with how this lines up for them to do well and go from there. So that being said, we're probably going to see some ownership drop significantly on this game, especially on the bill side, if it is case. How do you see yourself wanting to attack the Buffalo side if that's the case? So I do not see, like I said, I think Keenum is probably better than like 10 starting quarterbacks in the NFL right now. And, you know, he's a solid player. He was very good in his time in Minnesota and they brought him in specifically and he chose to be there specifically because, you know, quarterbacks the most important position in sports and uh for a team like them to to have a strong backup it's a very valuable thing um i think that what's interesting is the bills really aren't built to be like a heavy running team they sure will probably run it more with their running backs will see the ball more but like Allen used to run the ball. He he usually runs the ball, you know, seven to 10 times a game anyway. So I think that those runs just become running back runs. And I don't necessarily think that the Bills passing volume will take as big of a hit as a lot of people think uh, because they're still built to throw. They've still got a ton of weapons. Um, this isn't a, uh, you know, a matchup that you want to avoid or that would be super scary. And it, I mean, I'm guessing that most people's reaction will be backup quarterback Vikings are near min price and they're going to be super popular as a defense. So yeah, I think that uh, the bills receiving options uh, are pretty interesting this week. You, you know, Isaiah McKenzie and Dawson Knox could be guys who Allen pushes the ball down the field so much. Keenum might uh, pepper them with more underneath type targets. Um, Diggs. Obviously, Keenum has played with the Vikings or played with Diggs on the Vikings in the past. So they've got to have some chemistry. So I think those are all interesting spots to kind of think about and look at. And again, this Vikings defense, they've had a pretty cupcake schedule, but they haven't been uh, world beaters by any means. And with that, one of the interesting pickups they made was with Hines. And you talked about those runs. I could see that also getting split up where there's more screen passes. There's more checkdowns, right? Case is going to check the ball down a lot more than Allen, right? Allen's just going to mm-hmm. take off and run and get up and laugh in your face when he runs you over because he's a lunatic. Yeah. Uh, right. Case is not that quarterback. So I could definitely see some unique ways to stack it on that side of the ball where there's mm-hmm. going to be zero, just almost zero ownership uh, on something like that. Yeah. On the other side, you just talked about it, right? Men priced Vikings uh, against the strength of the Buffalo D. How do you see yourself trying to get exposure here in this game? So, you know, that's the, that's the thing that's kind of tough for me is the Minnesota side really and how things get affected. Um, it's interesting as I was researching this game, the bills defense, they have such a strong, uh, they have such a strong perception and they've been a very good defense on the whole this year. 
But if you look at the last two weeks, they've given up 191 yard rushing yards per game. And that's to the Jets and the Packers, who are teams that you know want to run the ball and who aren't particularly efficient on the whole. So um, I think Dalvin Cook's kind of interesting. I think he's a little too pricey on uh, DraftKings. But on FanDuel, I think at 7,500, he's in a really good spot here. Uh, The Bills are also likely to be without Tremaine Edmonds, hasn't practiced this week. Jordan Poyer, their starting safety. Uh, Edmonds is their starting middle linebacker. Uh, And they also have uh, one of their defensive ends has not practiced yet this week. So um, just a very interesting spot there, I think. Uh, TJ Hawkinson joining the Vikings last week. He played like... The best, he had a ton of design targets. He played over 90% of the snaps. Uh, Just a very interesting spot for him uh, this week. And, um, you know, I'm a little, Justin Jefferson is not a guy I'm necessarily chasing um, or uh, uh, Kirk Cousins. I do think that the Buffalo secondary is legit and they don't have to bring a ton of pressure. So I don't, I don't know that Jefferson's likely to hit a ceiling game and Cousins just isn't really my type of quarterback anyways. Uh, but I think Hawkinson and Cook, uh, Cook specifically on FanDuel are really interesting. So if you're watching on the stream right now on YouTube, Mike, when he's working from his office, has motion sensor <laughs> lights. So right now he looks like uh, Darth Vader. He went all black on us. So I didn't want to up- interrupt him on his monologue. So uh, you, that little bit of noise there, you hear him getting up and uh, moving around so we could uh, see his pretty face again. All right, we're back. Yeah, so I just uh, was gonna, was telling everybody we, we can see her pretty face again on the stream here. So... <laughs> So yeah, that's a. I think that's going to be an interesting way to get exposure to this game, and obviously, Allen's going to totally affect ownership and which way they go. I, I will be shocked if they play him, but um, as someone that has a bunch of them, I, I want him to play from a selfish standpoint. If I own the Bills and I'm the GM and the coach, I don't play him because I'm trying to win the Super Bowl this year. So that's that's the direction I'm going there. So now we're going to move on to what I think is one of the most interesting games on the slate this week because of all the stuff that happened, the spot they're in. It's just a unique matchup, and that's the Colts and Raiders. Obviously, we have the Jeff Saturday hiring, his great you know opening speech he gave where everybody loved hearing from him. He got all the Ted Lasso references like, hey, I want to go play for this guy and Let's see how it goes. Ursay, we never know what he's going to do. That being said, I think this game has the ability to come in at really low ownership. And Jacobs is coming off two dud games against the strength of what the Colts is, which is their run D. Do you see yourself, if he comes in sub 5% ownership, mixing him in and trying to take advantage of that with him in a spot for a bounce back game. Well, I mean, I think he's going to be around 20% owned. He's just, he, his volume in the state, the running back position this week, uh, kind of in a, a spot where I just don't think he's going to be super popular or I, I think he's going to be more popular. Um, Really on the Raiders side, I have a 
ton of interest in Devontae Adams. So if you look at uh, Devontae Adams' last five games, so we have the one really bad dud everybody remembers against the Saints where he yep. caught just one pass. Um, but he was uh, he was very sick that week. It clearly affected his play. The whole Raiders offense just was a nightmare. Um, Hot so if you look at his other four games, yeah, if you look at his other four games, so if we just forget about that game and we just wipe it from the slate, uh, the other four games, he's averaging seven and a half receptions, 117 yards, and a touchdown over his last four games. That's 28 DraftKings points and 21 FanDuel points. And that's that's an average. So now you've got Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller on IR. Renfro being gone means Adams gets moved to the slot more. Um, Adams just called out the Raiders coaches for basically going away from what's working. And he was he's correct. He had 10 catches or nine catches for 145 yards and two touchdowns last week in the first half. And then he caught one ball uh, in the second half. He had got a bunch of targets late when they were just throwing it up deep. When they were trying, we could be, we could very easily see the Devontae Adams movable chess piece centerpiece of the offense that we got to know and love in green Bay. I think that's what we could be in store for uh, coming up on this uh, little stretch for the next few weeks for the Raiders. So Adams is a really, really interesting piece. And you talked about the Colts, the strength of their run defense. So I think Adams is going to be what has to move the ball for the Raiders. Totally agree. I'm all over Adams this week. You gave the best example. When they were using them, they looked well, and the Colts' pasty is not their strength. No Renfro, no Waller. I can see Mac Hollins being an interesting stack here if you're going to double stack it yeah. with them. Um, that's it. That's a great way to get some exposure to this with a Cook bring back. And this is one of those games. I think the Colts are going to come out fired up with Jeff and the new coach and try to make a statement and. I think this game, while it's projected only at 41 and the range of outcomes and ceiling things that we're looking for, you could see this going 34-27, 34-24. And if you have the right exposure there, it's uh, it'll be nice. Yeah, absolutely. And afternoon only, especially. Uh, what's that? I said. Oh, Taylor. Taylor yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I knew what you meant. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think Taylor's going to get, he's fully practicing. I think he's going to get a healthy dose of touches and this Raiders defense, you know, their past D has been kind of the worst aspect of their defense, but they're just not good altogether. Uh, the Colts are going to lean on the run and yeah, I, I just think that Taylor's going to see a lot of volume and he can certainly, uh, bust some big plays against the poor defense. Yeah, it'll be interested to see how how this stacks out and, and where it goes from there. Um, moving on to our next game, we're going to talk about the Cowboys and the Packers. I'm really interested in this game as well for probably not the way everybody wants to play this. The I think we're going to see the Cowboys run the ball. I think it's pretty clear. I think the Packers mm -hmm. run D has shown who they are, and that is absolute garbage. 
and the Packers not having a wide receiver again has just shown how much it hurts them, especially after hearing how hard they tried to trade at the deadline for a couple of them. What are your thoughts on the Cowboys total? How do you get exposure there? And how do you see the Zeke Pollard position working out? So it's interesting. This is like this is like one of my favorite spots for tournaments to look at this week because Packers run defense has been so bad. And, you know, two weeks ago before the bye, Pollard Zeke was out and Pollard was, you know, the most popular running back on the slate and he smashed the bears for 150 total yards and three touchdowns, um, which was great. And then people think, okay, Zeke's back. That's going to hurt Pollard. But the reality is that Pollard was averaging 12 and a half touches per game prior to week eight. And in week eight, he had 15 touches. So it didn't really change his, his role. He still only played 53% of the snaps. Um, and it's a very similar matchup as far as he's playing a very bad run defense. They're projected for just over 24 points. And the reality is that Zeke last year, he's, Zeke has looked better this year than he did last year. Last year, it was because he was battling a PCL injury. Well, now he's back. He, they say he's going to be wearing this big knee brace, um, and they're not sure. He's not full strength. So, like, this is the slow, hobbled, fullback-looking Zeke uh, that we saw in the past. And the Cowboys front office and coaches have been saying all the right things about Zeke. But the reality is that Pollard is a much better player at this point. When the chips are down, if Zeke has 10 runs for 25 yards, are they really going to just keep giving him the ball? Uh, so I think that Pollard, he's going to be like 1% owned and he's basically in the same spot that he was in when he was 50% owned. So I think he's like, there's not much better GPP play that you're going to find in week 10 NFL. On that side of the ball, how do you think that fares for Dak, CD and their other pass catchers? So I think that, so CD lamb has obviously got a great role. He's their number one receiver, but he really hasn't shown a ceiling this year. Um, and he's priced pretty highly. So uh, Michael Gallup played 84% of the snaps in their last game before the bye, And he's now he had a buy. So coming off that knee injury, I think he's like a full-time player and he's going to be a fraction of the ownership and significant uh, salary savings off of lamb. So I like him and Dalton Schultz uh, as the pass catchers in this game. Schultz is priced way below where he should be with Dak under center. He was the tight end three in 2021 uh, with Dak under center. And then this year uh, he battled injuries. Dak was out for a while, uh, but he had six, caught six for 74 right before the bye. And I think he's, he's going to have some big games in these next two or three weeks. Um, so those are the guys I would like. Uh, on DraftKings specifically, Dak is a little isn't someone I'm really targeting because he's priced right next to Tua and Justin Fields, who I just think there's a much greater chance that those guys have the like a monster ceiling type game. Um, but on FanDuel, I really like Dak, and the pass catchers I like on both sites are Gallup and Schultz. So, will you have you know with all the questions you know regarding? 
Kelsey or to not Kelsey again this week. Uh, we I just talked about it with Hilo. The answer is always to Kelsey, but we're not going to have 100% ownership here. Can you see yourself for leverage of this just running Schultz without Dak, especially on DK then? Yeah, I mean, yeah, Schultz will be in my player grid this week. He's one of the top tight end options, in my opinion. Uh, you know, he's on a team that's a favorite, that's going to be efficient, that's in a good matchup against a defense that's hobbled. So, yeah, he's he's a guy that at sub 4K, it's going to be really hard not to to throw in. Um, and even if Kelsey has a 30-point game, I think 15 to 20 from Schultz is very viable. And given that he's less than half the price, you know, I actually lean Schultz there. Good, good to hear. What about the other side of the ball and the, the hot mess that is the Green Bay Packers? Well, yeah, the Packers obviously gotten a lot of press uh, for not great reasons recently, and uh, they're continuing to struggle. You know, the backfield is no for me. Uh, the Cowboys have been easier to beat on the, the ground, but uh, Aaron Jones left last week with an injury. Then when the sites made their pricing for the week, they were worried Jones would be out. So they priced AJ Dillon way up. So now it's a situation where uh, Jones is hobbled and Dillon is priced way too high for, you know, a, a number two running back. So I, I won't play either of them. Rogers um, done with him. Uh, but Alan Lazard is pretty interesting to me. Uh, he's averaged, I think it's like eight and a half targets over his last four fully healthy games. And uh, you know, now with Romeo Dobbs, uh, set to miss time and nobody else really that that Rodgers can consistently trust. Uh, Lazard is very interesting to me, especially if this game plays out kind of how I expect it to with the Cowboys uh, running game, being able to get out to a big lead. Um, you know, I'll be kind of surprised if uh, Lazard doesn't see 10, eight to 10 targets again this week. And the Cowboys' pass defense is very good, but the one thing that they do is their secondary will take a lot of chances, uh, and they are very beatable. Lazard's trusted in the red zone. He can make contested catches. So he's a really interesting piece for me. Um, and he's fine. He's going to play. He's got, like, this shoulder injury, but uh, so he's got this Q next to his name, but uh, he'll be fine. That'll just serve to keep his ownership in check. So uh, I like him as, like, a correlation piece with Pollard. Interesting. That's uh, it's a good way to look at that. And I think there, there's definitely going to be some upside and especially too. also with, you know, you talked about Schultz, if you're getting at 4,000, you know, the doors it's going to open up with saving all that salary is, is quite unique to see. As we, as we finish up Absolutely. here and we move, you know, we move on to the last game here that we're going to talk about the cards and the Rams. When we started this season, this is one I had circled on the calendar. I thought we'd get to week 10. This could be an insane shootout. The total is going to be 55. <laughs> Here we are in week 10. It's got an over under of 40 and a half. And it's just a dumpster fire going down the road inside another dumpster fire for both sides of the ball. Yeah, it's it's not pretty. Um, you know, Stafford get put in the concussion protocol. I don't really think he plays this week, uh, just because of how it went down. 
he hasn't practiced this. We're recording this Friday uh, around noon. He hasn't practiced yet this week. We'll see if he practices today, but um, he finished the game Sunday and then the symptoms showed up uh, a day or two later. So just the way the timing of it works, he pretty much, it'd be shocking if he practices today. It'd be really shocking if he got cleared for Sunday. So now you got a Rams offense that has scored uh, 20 points once in the last, what is it? One, two, once in their, they scored over 20 points twice all season and only once in their last six games. So, uh, you know, they're struggling with Stafford. You put in his back up, it's going to be, it's going to be tough sledding. Um, and the defense is solid and Kyler Murray's got a hamstring injury. So kind of on both sides, it's just, there's not a lot to like. Um, the one guy that I, you know, there's two situations for DFS that I find interesting. Uh, one is Rondale Moore, who in four of his last five games has seen eight or more targets. The Rams play his own heavy scheme and I can see uh, Moore getting a lot of targets, especially if uh, Kyler plays and he's got his hamstring issue. Um, a lot of underneath stuff to Moore and he's got the talent and ability to break tackles and, and make some big plays. Um, so he's really interesting to me. And then the Rams defense, the Cardinals defense as well. Uh, obviously both defenses, if we think the offenses are going to struggle, the defenses are interesting, um, but the Cardinals should be fairly popular and the Rams uh, defense is very good and they're at home and they provide great leverage, uh, you know, at maybe you know, less than a quarter of the ownership that the Cardinals defense will have. That was the thing that stood out to me so far when looking at that was the Rams D and, and getting leverage off of this game, especially if Kyler plays, we're going to see those Rondale, you know, nuke and Kyler stacks. If he does play in my opinion, I don't think it'll be major chalk, but we'll definitely see some more. And I, I think a cool way to leverage off it's there. Like I said, I was, uh, I'm sad that this is where the state of these two teams are right now. I thought this would be a much more fun game even weeks ago, even three or four weeks ago, this had, Hey, hop is going to come back. The Rams are going to figure this out. And then, you know, here we are. And when we start talking about player pool and exposure, it's there. So I don't think there's much more to talk about here, but what I would like to get out of you, Mike is what other games are you targeting? What's your ideal environments this week? And, and how do you see getting some leverage on the field? Yeah, so I think the the Bears Lions game is is very interesting. Obviously, we saw what Fields did last week, and you know it'll be popular. But uh, you know the Bears they've had two straight weeks now: the Dolphins game and the uh, did they play it before that? Oh, the Cowboys game. We were just talking about the Cowboys. Cowboys Those two games where uh, you know over sixty points scored in both games, and um, now you got the lions who they've had been in their share of shootouts this year. And, you know, they've got, uh, you know, Swift is in a weird role. I wouldn't play Swift, but it's an interesting, just his presence, him getting even five to eight touches just helps the offense as a whole. So, yeah, I like the idea of, uh, with fields playing chase Claypool, who in a short week, just joining the team, he got, schemed a lot of targets he didn't see a ton of snaps but i think they tried to get him the ball like six times um and obviously they value him a lot they traded a second round pick for him so i think fields and claypool is an interesting pairing and then 
And you can full game stack that with like Jamal Williams and St. Brown from the other side. Uh, Williams, he's got four games with multiple touchdowns this season. Uh, really like him. Just It looks like they're going to keep just using Swift sparingly. So that gives Williams a good shot at 20 plus touches. And St. Brown saw like 31% of the targets last week. And, you know, his price still is very, very easy to get to. So um, kind of that four player block, I've been building a lot of rosters around. Uh, and then the Dolphins, I think you just have to, you have to have some Dolphins rosters every week at this point. They're just too concentrated and explosive at home against the Browns defense that's been torched at times this year. Uh, you know, those are the two game environments that stick out to me the most. Yeah, Minnesota, they've, the Dolphins have turned into our Minnesota rule. It's just at this point, you just, you have to play them. If you don't, mm -hmm. you're probably not going to break the slate. There's so much concentration there. Hilo and I just talked about that. And um, I, I do want to ask as uh, we end up here, uh, I was able to get onto the Jets D last week and very glad I did. It opened up a ton of stuff. Uh, while it wasn't, you know, crazy monster scores, it, uh, you know, with the way that game played out, it really, it, it helped me get some leverage. If I would have had some mix it, I, I would have mm -hmm. had some big, big days. Um, but Mixon's in my, I just, I just don't care at this point. Right. We knew he'd have one of these games this year, maybe two and he got it. And mm -hmm. Chase being out definitely opened that door for them. Were you able to get there? And, and what other defense for you this week really give, do you see coming into this week gives you some leverage opportunity? Uh, yeah, I used a little bit of the jets. They weren't like a priority piece for me, but yeah, I mean, at mid price, um, and they're a solid defense. Yeah. I, I used some of them, um, had a couple of good lineups, uh, finished 10th in the flea flicker. Had two laps in the uh, in the top thirty, I believe. Um, so I had had some sweats there with Fields and Mixon and Adams. Um, but yeah, I mentioned the uh, the Rams de defense before. Uh, I also think that the the Bills defense is interesting. Uh, just direct leverage off the Vikings. Um, you know, Allen being in or out doesn't change the fact that Cousins has laid some big eggs against good defenses and big spots. Uh, so I think the Bills defense is really interesting there. Uh, I also think the Browns defense, if you look at what, you know, the last two weeks, the Bengals, part of the reason that it was hard to get on Mixon or the Bengals offense was they looked so bad that Monday night against the Browns and the Browns defense has had a bad, uh, they haven't been good on paper. They're not very good for the season, uh, but they're pretty healthy now. They're coming off their bye. And they just made the Bengals look terrible on, on prime time. So uh, they're priced, you know, right near the bottom and they're playing what will be a pretty popular. We just talked about Miami and that game environment. Um, but if Miami's throwing the ball a lot, that's a lot of chances for sacks and turnovers. Uh, the one weakness the Dolphins have is their offensive line. So Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney could uh, wreak some havoc and uh, at defense again, especially when you're at those, lower ends, the Dolphins could score 30 points and the Browns D could still have, you know, 12 to 15 fantasy points. I can definitely see that happen. And I'm going to, in my three max, I'm, those are, those are the few I'm for sure going to be targeting. 
Well, as we're ending up here, you can see uh, Mr. Mike has gone dark on us again if you're watching the stream on YouTube. <laughs> so we'll say, uh, as you can see, the shadow of the man there. Thanks for tuning in this week. Don't forget, you can come over to our Discord. Uh, we have props going on both NBA and NFL. We also, uh, I do quite a bit of college basketball. We've been doing some college basketball so far, and we're excited to see where this goes. Thanks, everyone, and we'll talk to you next week.